This is the last message of the Masterpiece series. Man, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from you guys and also down in Bozeman um, about just uh, how neat this message has been, you know? And, and it's, I can say that because it's not all me. It's a collaborative effort between us and Bozeman and the different teaching uh, pastors and, and, and people that are involved. So it's been really cool. But today's our last message of Masterpiece. And I just want to give you a little kind of roadmap where we're headed. Uh, September 9th, we're going to start a new series out of the book of James. And so we're really looking forward to that. We're working on that. I know TJ is going to be working on the graphics here pretty quick and, and stuff. So that's going to be really fun. But between now and then, uh, we have Anna Rostek, who's going to be sharing a message with us on Labor Day weekend, uh, September 2nd. And then the next three weeks, I'm developing a message out of Proverbs and Psalms, talking about God's wisdom. So that's kind of what we're doing between now and our James series. So should be a lot of fun. Should be good. If you've missed any of the Masterpiece series, they're online. They're either on our app or on our website. So you can go there, re-listen to them or listen to them for the first time and get caught up in everything we've talked about in Masterpiece series. So I encourage you guys to do that. So if you were with us last week, uh, Ricky was here. And thank you so much, Ricky. Give it up for Ricky. Thank you so much, man. I listened to the podcast as I was posting it this last week, and it was really great, really great message. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for the team last week. What a great team we have working around here. And if you remember that, if you were with us, um, G, he, Ricky shared uh, a parable that Jesus was telling in the book of Luke. And it was talking about, oh, what did you learn last week? Does it, whoever was here. Yes, we're dirt. You're dirt, and I'm dirt. We're all dirt, and it was, really, it was a really great message. So that's what we looked at last week. Now today, I want to revisit those same verses, and we're going to take a look at that parable from a, a little different perspective. So if you have your device, go ahead and fire up your device. I'm going to be in Luke uh, chapter 8, or if you have the old school Bible, go ahead and get to Luke chapter 8. I'll give you uh, guys that have the paper version a couple extra seconds, because I know it takes a couple extra seconds to get there. Uh, I'm not mocking the paper version. I still use paper myself, but we're going to be in Luke chapter 8. If you don't have any notes, there's notes available too, and you can also go to the app, and we have message uh, notes online that you can fill out and uh, email to yourself, so that's a great way to keep track of notes um, for yourself, so we have that available as well. All right, so we're in Luke chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, we'll start off with, so a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some of the seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, Jesus called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so we talked, like I made mention, about soil last week, and that was really good, uh, determining what type of soil you are. But then Jesus explained the parable a few verses later. He doesn't always do that, but he did it in this case. So let's move down to verse 11. Luke 8, 11 says this. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. 
Now the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no roots. They believe for a while, but then in time of testing, they fall away. And for, for as the ones that fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. But as for the ones on good soil, they are those who, in hearing the world, word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. So that's what Jesus had explained the parable that he told. He explained everything that was going on. And what we learned last week is that you can choose what kind of dirt you're going to be. That's what Ricky shared with us last week. You can choose what kind of dirt you're going to be. Just because maybe you're a little thorny now doesn't mean you have to stay thorny for the rest of your life. You can choose to be good, healthy soil where the word of God is going to flourish in your heart and bear fruit. And Ricky ended the message last week with this thought. I'm a grower. That's what he said. He said, I'm a grower. Now, I know that he made the joke about growing, you know, that medical stuff these days, right? That's not what we're talking about, obviously. We're a grower. But now I want to tag on that, and I want to go back to verse 5, and I want to complete the thought that we started last week out of this parable that we read out of Luke. Go back to verse 5. It says this, A sower went out to sow his seed. Let's think about that for a minute. A sower went out to sow his seed. Do you notice that Jesus doesn't explain who the sower is when he explains the parable? So who do you think the sower is? You can respond. Who, who, who do you think the sower is? Jesus, God? Yeah, that's, that, and that's a great, those are great suggestions on who the sower is. And Jesus did sow seed while he was here on earth, right? But Jesus never explains it to us. I mean, we just think Jesus, I've thought that for years. But I want to take a look at this parable from just a little different perspective since he never defines on who the sower is. Now, I want to say, yeah, the sower can be Jesus because Jesus did sow the seed while he was here on earth. But let's go to Matthew 29, 19 just for a second. Matthew 29, 19 says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And so when I read that and I apply that to our parable, God bless you, what I see is that the big idea for today. I mean, you have to be polite in church, right? So I just, God bless him. The big idea, I'm a grower and I'm a sower. So if you've taken notes, fill that in. I'm a grower like last week, we talked about what kind of soil you're going to be, how you're going to grow in your relationship with God. But this week, I want to say we are also a sower. We're a grower and a sower. And there's three things that we can learn from the sower in this parable. The first thing that we can learn is, number one on your notes, isn't that convenient? The sower spreads the seed everywhere. The sower spreads the seed everywhere. 
Have you ever planted a garden? Yeah. Yep. Planted a garden. Yeah, I, I have to. Well, Gene actually plants the garden. I'm, I'm the one that works that soil. You ever realize the soil is sandy around here or gummy? I mean, it's hard work planting a garden or laying sod or, or trying to make grass grow in your lawn. It's just awful, right? It's, it is hard work. And I don't know, you know, when we moved into our new place, it was really sandy, all, all the soil at, at our new house. And so what I had to do was make garden boxes. And those are cool, raised beds, right? So what do you have to do when you do that? Well, you either use the dirt that you have available or you what? You go to Tillerus and get dirt. Now, it's not a plug for Tillerus. You can go to wherever. <laughs> but I happen to go to Tillerus. And so you had to go, you had to get good dirt, good soil, right? You had to get good compost and stuff like that because why? I wanted good soil so that Gene had good soil to grow crops from, right? It takes a lot of work. But if we look at this parable, that's not what the sower in the story does. The sower doesn't do all that. What does the sower do? The sower doesn't overthink it. The sower doesn't wait for the right timing to sow the seed. What the sower does is sow the seed, and it falls on whatever soil it falls on, right? That's the sower's job. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And then he lines out where? And he says, Jerusalem. So, you know, basically where you're at, your neighborhood, your city, throughout Judea, as well as it was an area back then, right, that Jerusalem was in. And then he says Samaria. And a lot of times we think of Samaria as, okay, that's a little bit larger. Maybe that's the United States. But, and that may be true, but I want to talk about Samaria being a, a hostile environment. If you know anything culturally about the, the Jewish people and the Samaritans, you know, they didn't really like each other very much. And so Samaria sometimes to me means, yes, a larger, greater area, but it also means to me maybe a hostile environment. And then he says to the ends of the earth, to the uttermost parts of the earth, one version says. So we've become pretty careful, I think, in today's day and age in the church about spreading the seed. I think you might agree with me. You know, we spent, like uh, Gene had made mention, we spent a little bit of time down in Bozeman. And we went there, down there Friday afternoon, and we kayaked Saturday morning with Pastor Russ and Chris, uh, who are our main pastors down in Bozeman, if you don't know. We're one church in two locations. Our main campus is in Bozeman, and, and we're a, a plant, campus plant here in Great Falls. But we were down there, and uh, it, it was fun, because we get together with them periodically, and we've known them for 25 years. And Chris's mom, Judy is amazing. And we've known her, obviously, for 25 years as well. And we've been on missions trips with her and just been around her. She loves Jesus and she loves people. She never, never doesn't sow seeds. What? That's a double negative. Yeah, she always sowing seeds. That's what Judy does. Judy sows seeds. If we're in the checkout line at Walmart or whatever, she'll go, hey, darling, how's your day? Oh, that's tough to hear. Can I pray for you? And she'll pray for her right there in the line at Walmart or whatever. Or maybe she's at Albertsons. And she says, hey, honey, God will take care of that, whatever it is going on in your life. God's going to take care of that. She's just so positive, and it's just part of her nature, who she is. If we go out to restaurants, you know, we get ready to, to say a blessing before the meal. She'll always say, do you have a prayer request? 
which is something we can pray for you about. I mean, it's just part of who she is. She is constantly sowing seeds. Man, I admire her for the freedom that she has. A lot of times I get caught up in fear. You know, I maybe might be intimidated a lot. Well, you know, should I say this? Should I say that? No, she's just natural. But, you know, the way she delivers it is perfect because you can deliver it wrong. Am am I right? I mean, you can spread seed really harshly, (laughs) okay? So, I mean, I'm not saying just blah everywhere. I mean, you know, but she has such a great tact because it's just part of who she is. Man, I want to be more like Judy in, in sowing seeds like that, just being free and open. And we've been on mission trips before. And it's funny, when you go on a missions trip, that's why you're there. You're there to do construction, or you're there to help people, or, or you're there to do church services and, and share your testimony and do videos or whatever you do. And there's a freedom there when you're on the mission field because that's what you're there for. Why can't I have that freedom here every single day in Great Falls and just, just be real and transparent with people in my life? Now, there are times I am, but I'm not like Judy. <laughs> I don't do it every single day, every single instance. It's just who she is. It oozes from her. And that's what we're talking about here with sowing seed. Here in America, I think the church has gotten shy. And maybe part of it's political correctness because that's been a buzzword now for five or ten years and it's ramping up and it's getting worse and worse and worse, this PC culture and stuff. It's crazy, right? And maybe that's been part of it. You know, I was reading recently in Singapore. Now, they have open faith there. I mean, you can be a Christian in Singapore. But what they do have in their constitution is you can't proselytize aggressively. Well, what does aggressively mean? <laughs> well, there was a story of this one woman who got saved at, at, a, at a, a church Bible study or whatever it was. And then she came home and told, told her husband, and she said, I don't know exactly what she said, but I'm sure it wasn't an aggressive thing, but he called the cops on her and she got thrown in jail because of that clause in their constitution about proselytizing. We have a freedom here in America that I'm not really sure how much longer we're going to have it, but we have this freedom here in America to where we can sow seeds all the time. And I think I'm challenged. We need to be seed sowers. Let's start challenging ourselves to sow seeds because of the freedoms that we have here in America. And don't worry about it. I mean, you know, you'll know how to sow seeds. If we look for opportunities, there's opportunities every day to sow seeds. We just need to be mindful of it because we have the Holy Spirit that's going to give us the wisdom to be able to sow that seed to that person in the way that they need to receive it. All right, so I'm a grower and I'm a sower. Number one, we need to start start sowing seed. Number two, a sower isn't responsible for the germination of the seed. He's not responsible for the germination of the seed. I have soil here, right? So I'm a sower of the seed. I got some seeds here. So boop, 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 right? And then you put that in there and you do that. And you take some seed and boop, 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 do that like that, and we pour a little water on that. All right, yeah, a little water, it's going to be good. It's rolling all over the place. I didn't really anticipate that, but, you know, that's what happens with live illustration. But, okay, so that's what we do. But we're not responsible for the germination of that seed. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7, and read a little bit about this. 
I planted the seed, Paul says, in your hearts. He's talking to the church. But Apollos watered it. Apollos was a leader, a pastor. He watered that seed. I should have brought one of you up here to water that seed. That would have been a better illustration. Next time, next time, all right? But Apollos watered the seed, but it's God that makes it grow, right? We just do this, and then, you know, the sun does its thing, and, you know, some more people water, and you might have to till out the weeds or do whatever, right? So we're part of the process, but God is the one who makes the seed grow. We're just part of the process. I think a lot of times, sometimes we get overwhelmed, and we get fearful because we feel that, man, we need to close the deal. I mean, that's kind of part of what we're thinking. And if you have any experience in sales, that's a big part of sales, right? Closing the deal. And there's actually a five-step process here uh, as far as closing the deal. I think we have a graphic of that up there. I talked with Pastor Jeff last week, who's another pastor down in Bozeman, and there's a five-step process. He worked for uh, uh, I was going to say Staples. No, it wasn't Staples. Snap-on. <laughs> Thank you. He worked for Snap-on for a long time. And as we were doing our, our teaching prep and stuff, he's like, you know, when you said that about, you know, having to feel that you got to close a deal, I thought of my stuff. And it's just like, you got to close a deal, right? There it is. Greeting, qualification, presentation, overcoming objections, and closing the deal, right? So it'd be like me. Okay, I work for Snap-on. Hey, my name's Bob. What's your name? Will, how you doing today, Will? Great. You know, hey, I noticed that you have a vice that's really old and rusty. Guess what? I got this vice right here. It's brand new, and it has a huge warranty on it. It's like good forever. Would you like to buy that? No, you don't want it? What, what do you mean? Man, this thing is going to be, it's guaranteed. It is guaranteed. This vice, you'll never have to buy another vice. So what are you thinking? Thinking that's a good thing? I'm thinking you need this vice, right? Excellent. Great. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks for taking that advice. Woo! All right, close the deal. That's how we think that we need to do it with, with spreading the word, right? And I know you couldn't respond. And I was probably a little pushy like a used car salesman. But I'm just trying to illustrate. That's the deal. We greet people, right? We meet people in our lives. And, we, and then we, we listen to their story. What are, what's their needs? We listen to their story. And then we present the gospel the way that we know it, right? We just share our story with people and what we know. But then we get to that point. I think that's where a lot of us get derailed, is that point right there, overcoming objections. Now, I didn't really let Will object with not wanting the vice, right? But, but maybe he said, hey, you know, I don't need the vice. The vice is fine. Ah, oh, but it's old and it's rusty. You need to have this brand new vice. It's guaranteed for life, you know, whatever. But I think a lot of times that's where we get bogged down and that's where the fear comes in because we feel like we have to have all the answers well let me release you from that today you don't need to have all the answers I mean God has taught you something if you've walked with him for many years you have knowledge and and you have wisdom that the Holy Spirit will give and a lot of times it's situational you might think you not know the answer but if you pray and the Holy Spirit reveals something to you then you do have the answer and it's really awesome I walked away from a couple conversations being like wow where did that come from? That was good, you know? It wasn't for me. But that's where we get bogged down is people and their objections, and we have these things in our minds, and we create these, these situations and stuff because we feel that we've got to close the deal and get them to the prayer of repentance and accept Jesus because, I mean, that's what we want, right? Because we know what that feels like in our lives. It's amazing. 
the weight that is lifted off. Once you say that prayer and once you decide to follow Jesus in your life, it's amazing. But many times we get bogged down. But God never calls us to close the deal. He doesn't even call us to answer everybody's questions. People need to wrestle with God on some things sometimes. I know I did. I wrestled with God for a little while before I became a Christian. That's not our deal. I mean, we can help people along the way. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's plenty of times where we can answer people's questions. But we just need to meet people. We need to be friends. We need to listen to their story. We need to share and spread the seed. And then we let God do the rest. He's the germinator. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. I want to read that again. I planted the seed in your heart, says Paul, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. God made it grow. Man, that's awesome. That releases all kinds of stress and fear from my life. I don't know about you, but that's where we're at. You know, and Connect as a church has sowed a lot of seeds over the years. Down in Bozeman on the 4th of July, they used to do a thing called free love. It was kind of a catchy little thing, free love, you know, oh, I wonder what that is. And they would, they would canvas the area down in River Rock Community Center, if you're familiar with that area. That's where they met for four or five years. And every 4th of July, they'd have this huge, just free barbecue thing. They'd have bouncy houses. It was awesome. And then they'd do this big fireworks display at the end of the night. It was great. But it got to a point to where, man, they were just spending, you know, they were looking at the budget, they were spending a lot, a lot of money. And not that it, it wasn't worth it, but they didn't see the return from their investment. And sometimes, as a, a body of believers, you got to say, okay, is there, so, is there something else that we can do that might be more effective? Now, maybe free love has ran its course, you know, and that's what they were thinking of. So they decided to do other things instead of free love. Well, it was years later, they were in their facility that they're in now, and there was uh, a, a man named Jason Anderson who came. And they found out through talking with him and different things that Jason had heard of Connect because of free love. He had gone to free love for years, but never attended Connect Church until there was a crisis in his life. And then he knew the place to go. The place to go was Connect. Even though it wasn't in River Rock anymore, he found Connect and he found a home. And now he's, he's really a, a great leader down there. He's got great relationships. He's part of the family. He's grown in his relationship with God and all because of that. So sometimes we get a little discouraged when we don't see the fruit right away. But this story is fruit will come once we just do what God wants us to do, sowing seeds and like I said, Bozeman sows seeds in other ways, so it's not like they've abandoned sowing seeds, but free love was for a time, and now they've moved on. But they were pretty discouraged at a time because they didn't have a lot of people coming to connect. And, and Russ told me the last time they did free love, they fed 3,000 people. 3,000 people. That's a huge group of people to feed without having anybody come to Sunday service the next week, you know? But Jason was there, and it was worth it. Free love was worth it just because of Jason all those years later. It's amazing. You know, we did the door-to-door -door invitations for our open house. And if you remember that, there's some of us that went out, and, and I shared the story a couple weeks ago of that, that uh, angry man, I'll call him, <laughs> that not nice person, right, that kind of got up all in my grill. 
you ticked me off, man, for a while. You know, I didn't lose it, but yeah, I was ticked off, right? But you know what happened the next day? Even though I was ticked off and a little discouraged, 25 people came for that next week. 25 people came to our open house. And it's because we just canvassed the area and we canvassed Valley View and, and the, uh, the Electric City Speedway and stuff. We were just sowing seeds. And 25 people came here that wouldn't have had we not sown seeds. Even though it was a little frustrating and discouraging that day that we, we handed out those door hangers, it doesn't matter. You know what's going to happen. It's worth it because of what God is doing. We're just sowing seeds. We can't make people come, but we can tell people we're here so that when they do decide that they have a crisis in their lives, that, hey, man, I remember that Connect Church. Boy, they do things once in a while, don't they? They do those barbecues, and they had that one open house, and, and even for us, those billboards years ago, yeah, you know, I remember that. And they'll find us, and they'll be here because we're sowing seeds. That's what we do. All right, I'm a grower, and I'm a sower. We spread seeds everywhere we go, and we're not responsible as sowers for the germination of the seed. God is. We just sow it. So the last point in this three-point message is this. The sower will see a harvest. The sower will see a harvest. Man, that's a great thought in my mind that we will see fruit. We will see a harvest of people if we continue to sow seed. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, the second part of that says, you will always harvest what you plant. Now, this verse is, is actually talking about sin. If you sow to your sinful nature, you will reap the consequences that come with sin. But I thought about this verse, and, and the mindset is the same. I mean, if you never sow any seed, nothing's ever going to happen, right? But if you sow seeds, and if you sow it abundantly, eventually you will see some kind of harvest. So we can apply that to sowing the good news and sowing the seeds of Jesus. Because if we don't ever sow any seeds, we'll never see a harvest, right? Do you know that there's massive crusades in countries all around the world? I don't know if you tap into that. Uh, the mainstream media is not going to tell you that. You have to do a little bit of research online. And Pastor Russ was at a conference uh, a couple weeks ago, and he saw a video of Pakistan. And, and it's amazing what is happening in Pakistan. And I just have a really quick video that we're going to watch real here, uh, here that, that just shows a little bit about what's going on in Pakistan. Go ahead and roll that video. Man, that's exciting. Now, that video was from 2016, but the same thing is going on today, two years later. And so the question I have for us as Christians living in America is, why isn't that happening here? You know, there's probably a lot of reasons. But I think one of the reasons might be that we should be spreading more seeds. We should be sowing more seeds. They're sowing seeds in Pakistan. And you've probably over the years heard different pockets of the world that has these huge revivals take place. I mean, there's several happened in America in the last 200 years. Different large revivals. I mean, I remember growing up knowing who Billy Graham was. And I grew up as a kid in the late 60s, early 70s, and he was doing crusades all the time. Well, Billy Graham isn't around anymore. Now, his son and grandson have kind of kept up a lot of that. 
Uh, and, and they're trying to impact, they call them celebration tours now, and they're trying to impact. So there is some of that going on in America, but boy, not on the scale like in Pakistan. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, we use this a lot of times when we're talking about finances, right? I've, I know I've shared with this verse with us before. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be put in your lap for the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Once again, this is talking about finances and stuff, but it still is agricultural once again. The measure that we give, the amount of seeds we sow, we will see a harvest coming back. That's just a, a basic principle of life. The more we sow, the more we'll see in return. This is, this is just a great thought to have when we're speaking and thinking about the harvest and sowing seeds. If we sow abundantly, we're going to reap abundantly. If we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly. That's just the principle. So let's start sowing more seeds. I think that's the bottom line. And this isn't a guilt trip. You guys are sowing seeds in your lives now. I'm, I'm sure of it. But you know what? The more seeds we sow, the more we share our stories, the more we listen to people's stories, the more that people understand who Jesus is. I didn't understand who Jesus was. I had a false representation of God growing up. And I'm sure that's most people who live in America. They've either had a bad experience with church themselves or they heard of people having bad experiences. But that's not the Jesus I serve. Man, my eyes were open when I really understood what the gospel meant. So it's sharing our lives. It's inviting people to church. It's being a sower and a grower. So remember that. That's the main thought today. I'm a grower and I'm a sower. So the thought, the last question I have for each one of us is who can you share Jesus with today or tomorrow? Think of a name. Who can you share Jesus with in your life, in your sphere of influence? I'm sure you're going to be able to come up with more than one name. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for your word and how it impacts our lives. God, I thank you for the message last week and the fact that you call us to be growers. You call us to be healthy soil. And it's a choice we can make. I, I choose to grow in my relationship with Jesus. Or I can choose not to. But you call us to be healthy soil. And God, I thank you for this message this week that, you know, Jesus didn't really say who the sower was. And we know that he definitely <laughs> was a sower. But God, you call us to be sowers in our lives here today to sow the seeds that we call the gospel which is the good news of Jesus which is just explaining who Jesus is he's your son he came here for our sins died on the cross so that we might be made righteous or have our sins taken away so that we can be in right relationship with you and then we just tell our story. Nobody can take that away from us. There's a lot of theology we can debate, but nobody can take away my story or yours. So help us just share 
our stories with those that are around us. God, I know that you give us many opportunities in our lives each and every day. We just need to be like Judy and be mindful of that. And wherever we go, you're with us. So we just need to sow seeds wherever we're at. Loving life and loving people. That's what you call us to do. And so I'm committing myself today to be more mindful of that in my life. Help me, Holy Spirit, to focus on sowing seeds. And I pray that for each one of us here. And now as we're bowed in his, God's presence and we're praying, there might be some of you that need to respond to the call of Jesus in your life. Maybe for you, you've wrestled with faith. You've wrestled with serving Jesus. But today's the day that you can connect with God. Or maybe you've had a connection, but you're far from God today. It can be your day of reconnection. So sometimes we raise our hands. Sometimes we do different things. I just want you guys to repeat after me as I say this prayer. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I've fallen short, but you sent Jesus to make me whole. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for me, my sins. Take my sins away. Help me live a Christian righteous life. And that just means following you. I thank you for your sacrifice. Change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.